Welcome to Jews Do Count with me, Jonathan Boyd. And me, Raymond Simonson. I'm the chief executive of JW3, London's Jewish Community Centre, the home for Jewish culture and conversation. And I'm the executive director of the Institute for Jewish Policy Research, or JPR, an independent research organisation that looks at the state of contemporary Jewish life in the UK and across Europe. In Jews Do Count, Raymond and I are taking a long, hard look at a whole range of issues like Israel, anti-Semitism, morality, to try to identify what makes us, British Jews, us. And in this episode, we are looking at the issue of religiosity. Now, we all know the joke about the Jew stuck on a desert island who gets rescued and they find out he's built two synagogues, the one that he goes to and the one he'd never be seen dead in. Yeah, it's an old joke, but it kind of reflects my experiences of the Jewish community. Uh, unlike some religions, like the Catholic Church, we don't have a central authority. And often we embrace our religious differences with gusto. But they can also be the sources of the biggest broiguses in the community. For some Jews, the word of the Torah is divinely ordained. But for others, God isn't any part of their makeup, not part of their Jewish identity at all. And some of those people who don't find that God is any part of their identity still maybe light the Shabbat candles every Friday. Maybe they go to synagogue even a few times a year. And why is that? So how important is religious practice to British Jews? And what does it mean to people out in the street? Our producer, Richard Myron, has been out trying to get answers to this complicated issue. So I'm here on Temple Fortune, the street that runs from Golders Green to Finchley. Uh, and it's lined with kosher shops in front of me. There's the kosher deli, platters, Daniels down the road. There's a, a Judaica store. Um, clearly signs that Jewish life, Jewish religious life, is alive and well. So how important is religion or religious observance to British Jews here? For me, I, mean, I don't keep kosher and, and I'm, you know, I don't observe Shabbat, but we do Friday night dinner and we do sort of the more, I guess, more secular kind of things that um, sort of modern Jews do. Uh, and I think that's really important. You know, for me, where I sort of find my importance of Judaism is in tradition and family and history and to know that you know, I'm celebrating Friday night dinner just like my grandparents did, just like their grandparents did, just like their grandparents did. I think that, for me, keeps me close with the Jewish identity rather than any traditionally religious kind of activities. So is God part of your identity? Depends what you call God. Like, I, I mean, I don't believe in a sort of a creator, but, you know, is, is God in... Is God, is God family? Is God that kind of... You know, is God what that connection is I don't know the reason why you do what you do in Judaism is because of your belief in God um, and your faith and if you don't then I don't see a reason why it's not I don't see it it's not a it's part of it, its tradition right it's not a it's a belief and a real belief it's not a, a culture that like you do or you don't and you can decide when or not like I've grown up a very religious background so that's the way I see it and that's the way I mean I keep the Torah as, as it's supposed to be kept but I don't know, I feel like it's not a culture, keep what you want, keep, like, do you know what I mean? We're more or less modern orthodox, we keep Shabbat, most of the festivals, keep kosher home, sun in yeshiva, Jewish schools. So how much is God a part of your Jewish identity? For most of my kids it is, for some of us we're not sure, but it is still, like it's the unknown, so it's something that we strive to understand. 
But I would say all the traditions, culture, and all that is to, to some of us more important. Can you have a strong Jewish identity which isn't based upon observance or belief? Possibly, because I was brought up with a very strong Jewish identity without being religious. I suppose that's based on like ancestry and you know where we've come from, so not necessarily religion. But it helps if you do something, because otherwise it will get lost over the generations. So, as always, lots of different opinions from different Jews, uh, as we always expect. So, John, what I need to ask you is, what is it that the data you're looking at, what does it tell us about religious observance in our community and denominational identification? So I think I would identify two really big trends that are affecting our religiosity in some way, shape or form in this country. The first is what's happening in the Haredi community, the strictly orthodox part of the community. Haredi women, on average, have six to seven children per woman, like extraordinarily high levels. So today, about 25% of all Jews in Britain are Haredi. By 2040, that is expected to climb to about 33%. The other side of the coin is sort of a gradual shift, if you like, towards secularism, sort of outside of the Haredi community. And there's one... There's one set of data that really struck me recently where in our surveys, we often ask a question, tell me how you would describe your Jewish upbringing. You know, would you describe it as Haredi or Orthodox or traditional or reform? Which of those sort of terms would you use to describe your upbringing? And then secondly, which would you use to describe who you are today? So what's really interesting about that is the data for people who describe their upbringing either as Orthodox or as traditional, or as reform progressive, are almost all identical. So in all three cases, about six in 10 stay where they are. About one in 10 have moved, if you like, to their religious right. They've kind of shown signs of becoming more religiously observant or more traditional or more halachic, however you want to describe it. And in all three cases, about three in 10 have moved in the other direction. Effectively, there's more movement in all of those cases towards a sort of a more secular or liberal or progressive, whatever term you want to use it, type of Jewish identity than in the other direction. But a lot stay put. And what that means is that gradually over time, like all parts of the Jewish population outside of the, uh, outside of the Haredi community, certainly, are all moving in similar proportions towards a sort of a more secular end, if you like, of that spectrum. And, and do we see any connection between that and the strength of their Jewish identity or their Jewish the feelings about Jewish community? Does it have an impact? Yeah, look, there's, there's no question. There is a, there's a direct correlation between uh, where people situate themselves on that kind of denominational spectrum and how intensely they feel Jewish. Like, however you look at it, whether, whether it's kind of religious identifiers like celebrating Shabbat or attending a Seder or fasting on Yom Kippur or believing in God. The further you are, I suppose, to the right, if you like, of the religious spectrum, the more likely you are to believe all of those sorts of things. But equally, there are other factors like, um, are you concerned about intermarriage? The further to the religious right, you know, you're going to see more, you're going to see higher levels of concern. And you mentioned uh, belief in God as one of those. I mean, it's one of the key aspects of of religiosity of jewish religion what's the data telling us at the moment about british jews and belief in god and and and, and within that what have you seen anything that's changed in year in recent years i think there's something really important before i kind of get into the data about 
the place of God in Jewish life. And non-Jews often kind of struggle with this because the truth of the matter is you don't actually have to believe anything to be Jewish. What defines whether you're Jewish or not is, you know, who you're mother is. Um, some people would say who your parent is, or, you know, if you converted into the Jewish people. And as a result of that, I think what we see is that there are large proportions of the Jewish population who would say God is really not important to me at all. I mean, what, what, do, the, what do the data, broadly speaking, say? About a third would say that they believe in God exactly as described in the, in the Torah. There's about four in ten or so who would say, I don't quite believe in in that notion of God literally, but I do think that there's like some kind of higher power in the universe. And then there's about a quarter who would say, I don't I don't believe in God at all. I have, you know, it's just really not important to me. Right. And there's there's plenty of people in the in the Jewish community and actually outside the Jewish community that assume if you describe yourself as Jewish, that means you are religious or, or rather you are you are connected to the religion of Judaism mm -hmm. and there are others and it's a growing voice it seems to me to be a growing voice to say well no I can have a strong Jewish identity without any connection to God I don't define myself uh, as it by the religion I define it as an ethnic or a cultural group there's that, that great line of David Bedil's I I don't believe in God but I do believe in Larry David right I've got a strong Jewish identity and it's not based on a on a notion of God or synagogue or anything like that um and is that is that is that a growing trend I think it is I think it is I mean there are, there are different ways to understand it but one of the lenses I guess we could look through in order to understand what's happening um, in terms of religiosity and a broader sense of belonging is, is, is to look at kind of the synagogue membership right. data, for example. So if you go back a generation or two, it kind of looked a bit like a bell curve where, you know, at the, at the extremes you had relatively small proportions of secular and at the other end of the spectrum, Haredim. But the kind of the, like mainstream British Jewry was largely traditional United Synagogue, and that and they formed kind of a, like an important part of the of really the majority. What seems to be happening over time is that bell curve is kind of flattening out. So the proportion who who are not affiliated or are completely secular is rising. The proportion who are Haredi is rising, and that middle ground is like slowly falling. Now, of course. You know, we have to uh, issue the health warning that when we talk about religiosity uh, in Jewish community, it means different things to different people. But I assume when you're trying to research the widest range of British Jews and you're trying to get notions of religiosity, you have to come up with some elements that you can use to define it. So can you just take us through that so we can better understand how you get this information? Yeah, look, there are lots of different ways of asking it. You can ask people, you know, where do they sit on a spectrum from secular to religious? That's one of the one of the measures we use. There's, do you belong to a synagogue? If so, what type of synagogue do you belong to? We can ask them about what role does God play in their Jewish identity? Uh, and then there are sort of markers of religious practice, like do you observe kashrut? Then there's kind of, you know, how important is is prayer in your in your Jewish identity? There are a whole variety of different ways of looking at this. And we, you know, we try to look at it in a, in a multifaceted way so that we get as, as broad and as hopefully nuanced a picture as we possibly can. 
there's clearly complexity and nuance around this question. And that's part of the reason why we have to kind of explore it in lots of different ways to try to see the nuances. It sounds very Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, turn it and turn it and turn it again. So to help guide us through this complex and sometimes controversial issue of religious observance, which even that term itself for many is very loaded, we know, uh, we are delighted to be joined now by Joe Greenaway. Joe is the chief executive of the London School of Jewish Studies, LSJS. They offer informal and formal learning to individuals ranging from those with a passing interest in Jewish religious studies to those seeking to become school teachers. Joe was formerly the case and deputy legal director at the London Beth Din, the Orthodox Jewish Law Court, and before that she was a practicing lawyer. Joe, welcome to Jews Do Count. Thank you for having me. What a lovely introduction. So I just want to open with asking how you personally define religiosity. When we use that term a lot at the moment. What does it mean? It's a good question. I think I would offer a very broad definition. Today, religiosity, I would say, is much less top-down and it's much more self-defined, which I think is a positive thing. I think people's identity is made up of so many complex factors and people want to practice their Jewishness in so many different ways, ranging from you know purely cultural to Uh, ways that are steeped in learning and steeped in observance and I think it's very hard to pin down one definition so the way that the Haredi Jewish community which we know is growing hugely practices their religion is is very different to the way that modern orthodox orthodox etc practice and not to mention the middle of the road traditional Jews who you know have been the mainstream but are rapidly changing I would say Um, so I think it's it's not possible to define it in any one way which is good and there should be a plethora and a um, and a diversity of ways of defining oneself. Let me pick up on that. So in your work, what are some of the challenges or issues that kind of come up for the people that you're teaching when they when you're kind of talking about how do you how do you educate towards a more religious identity? It's interesting. Um, the approach that we take at LSJS is very much not about educating towards increased practice as such. It's about access to the Torah, access to texts, um, enabling people to engage and to question and to challenge. And to me, that's actually what unites us Jewishly, that ability to all grapple with the same text, but, you know, in very um, individual ways and to provide that kind of forum. And I think it's a bit like Micha Goodman, what he says in his book, The Wandering Jew, in relation to Israel. Like the thing that unites us all is that we are involved in this conversation. And, you know, the minute that we stop being involved in the conversation, we're not engaging. And that's where the problem is. And that's where assimilation starts. But as long as we are all individually grappling, challenging, questioning, that's a positive thing. That's that's really, really interesting in terms of like when I think about religiosity and some of the sociological literature about religion in general, like what you've just said just wouldn't kind of fly was wouldn't in, in the kind of in the in the Christian discussion about it. Because it is about practice, it is about observance mm-hmm. there and it is about belief fundamentally. Um but you're saying something um that actually what's at the heart of Jewishness is more the conversation than actually halachic observance or how people kind of people's what decisions people make about how they live a Jewish lifestyle is that is that fair yeah is that look right? I think the Jewish approach is nasa vanishma like we will do and then we will 
listen and you know to some extent we are a practice-based religion rather than purely a belief-based religion but I believe that it's it's a journey and so you know you can struggle with God and yet still be Jewish and you can practice and try and practice a bit more each year and still be Jewish and the the broader the church the better. So you you do a lot of your work of course is with Jewish teachers and we were wondering about what the role of Jewish schools is or should be in terms of strengthening religiosity or strengthening a connection to Judaism, the religion? I think our Jewish schools do an incredible job. I think there are many, many challenges. And one of them is that there is a lack of Jewish literacy and many, many parents send their children to Jewish schools who lack the Jewish literacy themselves, lack the tools to be able to support their children and the teachers have a really, really hard job. The teacher's job on the whole is to foster that Jewish identity, that love, um, and at the same time provide content, provide an ability for people to have independent tools for learning at their own level later on. But first and foremost, it's to um, it's for people to, to have role models that enable them to, to develop a love for Judaism. Um, and we know from the research that we've done that Jewish schools have a huge impact that's often not seen until later on, and that impact primarily centres around Jewish identity and a love of experiences within the Jewish world. But, you know, there's no doubt about it that in the last 25 years, Jewish schools have had an enormous impact and have completely changed the trajectory of Jewish life. There's no question that throughout the kind of the 90s and, and in the, you know, the last last 20 years as well, there's been a, there's been a, a significant, I guess, renaissance of Jewish life in this community. When I look at the kind of the... the the, the sociological and demographic trends in the community. Like one of the things we, we, we talked about at the top of the programme was how the Jewish community, the Jewish population here is is growing mm-hmm. after, you know, after years of decline. The obvious question about that is why? How did that happen? The, the most compelling answer to that is it's much more about demography than it is about sociology or education because really what's kind of turned around the, the, the decline of the Jewish population is what's happening in the Haredi community and that's not driven by education or sociology, that's driven, driven by fertility basically. When I look at the data on kind of everybody else, what I see is more people being pulled in the direction of secularism than people going in the other direction or even staying put. And actually, and, and more than that, when I look at the data generally about Britain, what I see is a declining proportion of people who are self-identify as Christian and a rapidly growing part of the British population that identifies as secular. So you've got those national trends and you've got these kind of trends going on in the Jewish community. How does all of that play into what's going on within the mainstream Jewish community and the kind of work that you're doing. I'd love to see how that plays out in terms of numbers. I think what it doesn't necessarily measure is levels of engagement amongst certain sectors of the community. I think there are valid reasons that people are moving towards secularism and I think COVID hasn't helped. But I do see trends of you know greater grassroots involvement and positive young people who are really getting involved the whole Haredi demographic is a massive massive like it's almost like a side issue but it's you know it's huge and it's almost like it's increasing just in a separate space but the the notion that it's only really the Haredi community that's driving positivity in the Jewish world 
I would dispute because I don't want to believe that and I don't think that's my experience and I think there are lots of positive things happening outside it but I feel like people like us have a big responsibility in making sure that there's a bright future for the rest of the community. You know on that if we care about the future of the Jewish community and the Jewish people and we want a vibrant engaged proud strong connected Jewish community does religious observance and belief have to play a role? Like in your personal opinion, from your experiences, can you have a strong Jewish, thriving Jewish community without that? Judaism has never been a numbers game. So if there are less of us and yet we're vibrant and strong, that small kernel of great things can continue to do great things. So I'm not necessarily demotivated or demoralised by the fact that the numbers are small. As to whether the community can survive without religious demographic, personally, I don't feel that cultural Jews survive more than two generations. I think history bears that out. But I think there are multiple ways of being a religious Jew. So come on, let's unpack that a little bit more. Give, just give us some of the aspects of being a religious Jew that may be a little bit different from just, okay, we can think of going to shul, you know, lighting candles, keeping Shabbat. What, what other kind of aspects do you think that could reach beyond just sort of modern orthodoxy? Right? If there are Reformed Jews, Masorti Jews, liberal Jews that would define themselves as religious, yeah. but their Jewish lifestyle and your Jewish lifestyle might be quite different in the home. And So what are the, where are the points of commonality maybe that could be called religious? So as well as the classic, you know, Shabbat, Kashrut, Tarah Mishpacha within the Orthodox world, I think aspects of community life really defines being religious, being part of a community. And I also think learning you know, being engaged with wanting to understand our tradition is critical. I don't want to diminish being a cultural Jew because I think there's tremendous positivity there and I think cultural and religious overlaps in many ways. But I think assimilation into marriage after a couple of generations of not being an observant, mitzvah observant Jew, history shows us that that's short term. And that, by the way, <clears throat> is completely borne out by the data. I mean, there is a there's a clear distinction between the children of intermarried couples and the children of in-married couples in terms of the strength of their Jewish identity. Um, and it's very clear in the data. So I, I absolutely agree. I wonder, because, uh, you know, a lot of the things that we're thinking about during this series are about this issue of the us, right? The us, and we're, and we're I'm kind of desperate to hold on to a, a feeling that there is an us, that we, the Jewish British Jewish community have enough in common to be a community, even with our differences. You're including the Haredi community in that? Yeah, I am, personally, yeah, right? Um, and, and, and that's a challenging notion for me. I, mean, I want to feel that we are part of a people in the same way that I have a family where there are people so different from me in my family and people so similar to me, Jewishly and, and in their values and in their ethics, but they're still part of my family. And I want to find a way not just to love them, but to feel that we are part of the same family and not just on simchas and shivers. But I wonder the religious side of the Jewish community, is there enough in that that can be uniting across the denominations or is it always going to be divisive because how one person believes and prays is so different from how someone from another denomination and, and, when, and when that can't be seen or accepted or respected it does so much to to cause a rift between us and so i just wonder if, if religiosity if judaism itself can be something that can be unifying for us as a community it's a fascinating question i really firmly believe that religion can be a force for good as well as 
a destructive force and it's up to us. And, you know, there are many divisions that always were, you know, there were many tribes and that was how the structure of our people was. But actually, it's okay to have differences. We will always have differences. But what we need to be able to do is love and respect and realise that we are one people. And I think what you said is really the answer to the question and that religion has to be a source of love and connection and not a source of, uh, you know, when we're, when we're using it to tear each other apart and the disagreement becomes more than disagreement, then, you know, we've gone down the wrong path. I always think it's amusing that you can, you're more likely to see different rabbis of din, different denominations at the same thing together when that thing is a non-Jewish thing, uh, the king's coronation or, you know, the, the funeral of some leading uh, figure. And, I, and by the way, I understand it. I'm not even uh, particularly criticising it, but it, I find it frustrating that it's very hard to get different rabbis from different denominations to be able to share a platform together to talk about things. And finding those points of commonality, I don't always think we're very good at that. I think we're much quicker at finding the points of division, particularly, as I say, when it comes to, to religion. I don't know if I it's... I think we are good. You know, you're providing a space here for people across the spectrum. We just had a graduation for teacher training students that was unbelievable, where we had 60, 70 students. We were graduating from right across the spectrum and we have to be able to create those spaces. There aren't enough of them. So I think as we as we start bringing this to an end, I want to just kind of look forward a little bit, not asking you to be a prophet. But I think in recent years, we've seen certain innovations and changes around religiosity in our community. I think of in the modern Orthodox community, the women women's role, whether it's women rabbis, whether it's partnership minyanim, these kind of things, which are a bit newer in our community here. If I think about on the less orthodox side, the kind of uh, reform and progressive side, the fact that there's a new, this whole project to build a mikvah, like I couldn't have imagined that 20 years ago in the, in the reform and liberal communities I knew that there would be an interest in something like this and actually that side of ritual is being explored more. And I just wonder if there's anything that you've seen, any trend that you've seen that you can see is going to be something over coming years that interests you or excites you, regardless of whether it's orthodox reform, whatever it might be. I think that the MICFA initiative that you mentioned is, is interesting and what it makes me think of is the attempts more in Israel than here, but also the seeds of which have started here for secular yeshivas, people in the secular world really taking an interest. I think Limud is a great example of what was previously much more restricted to the Orthodox world has now become much more accessible. I think LSJS, we try really hard to make learning accessible. And for me, that is the seeds of bringing people who haven't had the background and haven't had the privilege and and of Jewish learning or a Jewish upbringing later in life to be able to engage. And I think that enables the opening up of the silos to happen, which I think is a very exciting development. So just making Jewish ritual uh, and Jewish observance and Jewish practice more accessible to more people. And learning. And learning is a key yeah, part of that, Yeah, there's right? such, a, such a plethora now of grassroots initiatives my sister, for example, who hasn't been observant for many years, has started going to like a grassroots minion that's very much more welcoming than anything she's been used to. And, you know, whilst it's not my personal flavour, I think it's incredible because it's exciting her with an access point to Judaism. I think that that idea of having multiple 
entry points into Judaism and Jewish life is something that excites me and something I'm seeing more and more. And I think it's the perfect way for us to bring this wonderful conversation uh, to a close. Joe, thank you so much for bringing yourself and your energy and your experience and your ideas to our conversation. You've really enriched our conversation today. Thank you and uh, good luck with everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. Bless you. That's really kind. There was so much in that conversation and I'm so glad we got Joe on. She thinks deeply about this stuff and cares so much about Jewish yeah, community. Absolutely. Let me just ask you, John, to start with it. Was there anything that came up in that conversation that surprised you at all? I don't know about surprised me, but I was really struck by the emphasis that she placed on learning kind of over and above religiosity in a sense. Like when we asked her initially about religiosity, she jumped straight into learning. Right. The interesting thing for me there is, is is that when we think about, perhaps when we think about religiosity in general, you know, that you immediately jump to God and belief and practice and prayer. And she didn't. She jumped straight to, to learning. And that is a really important component of Jewish life. And what, what I loved about that was, uh, maybe this is you know, my assumption, me, me projecting uh, um, my own views on this, but what I assumed she was getting at with that was actually if you if you're going to have an engaged jewish life and an engaged religious life it shouldn't just be about blindly following rules that you don't understand actually engage in the, the thought and the learning and the intellectual and the cognitive and then actually you'll be able to build the action you'll be able to build the ritual on a bedrock of something that's more solid i like the, the jewish idea that learning is is central but what's interesting in the data is when we ask people, you know, what are the most important aspects of their Jewish identity, that notion of learning or studying Jewish texts comes way down on the list. Um, certainly in the kind of, you know, in the, in the secular, progressive, traditional um, part of the community. So if we want to try to strengthen Jewish identity and indeed strengthen the connection between us, somehow I think we need to kind of elevate that learning component so that it becomes more core. Now, quite how you do that is, I think, an interesting question. One of the things we didn't really uh, touch on so much with Joe that, that interests me is how any of this stuff around the Jewish community and, and religion and religiosity, how, how does that fit in with what's going on out there in wider British society at the moment? Certainly once you get outside of the, the Haredi and very from orthodox part of the community, I think we're, we're exactly like British society as a whole. We are secularizing much like everybody else. And I th actually, I think that's the, the really sort of fundamental challenge about religiosity. It seems to me there are a lot of Jews out there saying, I just don't relate to this God stuff. For many people, it's, it's, it's sort of alienating and really, really difficult to, to engage with. So you kind, of, you kind of have to find a different way into it or you have to kind of suspend your sense of belief in order to engage with the religious aspects of, of Jewishness. Um, and as I said, there's a significant proportion of British Jews who don't believe in God or certainly don't believe in the God as is described in the Torah and in kind of the concepts of Torah Min Hashemayim, concept of Torah Min Hashemayim, that, that, that the Torah was given by God in that form to the Jewish people. 
but uh, you know there, there is a very it's very clear there's a, there's a there's an, a really important conversation i think to be had in terms of like how do we build that stronger sense of us and what role does religion play in that and how does the secular society in which we live affect those dynamics um you know these are these are big and complex questions but i think very much need to be part of the part of the conversation so that does bring it this episode of Jews do count to a close and that's with me Jonathan Boyd and with me Raymond Simonson and this is of course part of a wider series so please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends and family about it it just remains for me to thank Joe Greenaway for her time and for her thoughtfulness this podcast is brought to you by JPR and JW3 the producer is Richard Myron from Earshot Strategies bye for now